Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Usually when we're thinking about headlines coming out of Washington, D.C., we're thinking about politicians. Today was a little different. The story was about an apostle at the National Press Club. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Earlier today in our nation's capital, Elder David A. Bednar, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, spoke at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. He gave an overview of the mission and work of the Church of Jesus Christ, and Elder Bednar also spoke on a wide range of topics, including the Church of Jesus Christ Global Humanitarian, Welfare, Educational, Temple Missionary, and Genealogical Initiatives. It was a wide-ranging conversation, both a speech and a Q&A session. You might remember that it was 22 years ago that then-president of the church, Gordon B. Hinckley, spoke at the National Press Club and had a very interesting exchange with none other than Mike Wallace. Uh, that interaction with Mike Wallace, a hard-bitten reporter from CBS News, led to a 60 Minutes interview uh, that really became a classic and a hallmark of President Hinckley's tenure as president of the Church of Jesus Christ. And as Elder Bednar began his speech today, he reflected uh, powerfully and appropriately on recent events in Texas. Sadly, the news of our day is filled with heartache, including the tragic events and the loss of life most recently in Texas. We mourn with those who mourn, and we pray for all those impacted by this senseless act of violence. My prayer and my blessing is that we will be guided, comforted, and helped in our important work, and that victims, families, and nations might be granted the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Elder Bednar shared some of his experience at the open house of the Washington, D.C. Temple, and many of the dignitaries and members of the press who had come to see the inside of the temple. Elder Bednar spoke about how God works not just from the outside in, but more importantly, from the inside out through a spiritual rebirth, allowing God to change your heart. Now, both temporal change from the outside in and spiritual change from the inside out are needed and useful in different situations. But we have learned that a person with a new heart, a person changed from the inside out, 
serves and blesses family, friends, neighbors, congregations, and communities in powerful ways. They learn to see each other for who they are and therefore treat each other accordingly. This is how our faith community has expanded to all parts of the world, including the Middle East, Eastern Asia, Eastern Europe. To members of the press and dignitaries there at the National Press Club, Elder Bednar spoke specifically about the role of women in the church, highlighting it, of course, as one of the oldest women's organizations in the world. On the issue of women in the church, our church membership, like many other organizations, is comprised of a female majority. We have one of the oldest women's organizations in the world, known as the Relief Society organized 180 years ago. Today, the Relief Society has approximately 7.1 million members. We have over 31,000 congregations around the world, and each has a local Relief Society president. That's 31,000 women, and each president has two counselors or assistants, a total of 93,000 women, helping to lead and direct the work of the church in their local congregations. And this is just one of many examples of how women help to lead the work of the church. All women and all men in our church have responsibilities to teach, minister, and serve our brothers and sisters. I thought that was an interesting uh, reflection on the role of women in leadership in the church, over 93,000 of them directing work in their local congregations. Uh, That's not counting those that work in the young women's organization for teenage girls in the Church of Jesus Christ, as well as in the primary. And so literally you're looking at an army of hundreds of thousands in leadership in these local congregations all around the world and as Elder Bednar said, that the responsibility is to teach, to minister, and to serve those around us. And that led Elder Bednar to his next point of emphasis, which was the church humanitarian projects all around the world. Twenty years ago, President Hinckley mentioned that the church completed 829 humanitarian projects in 101 countries. Last year, that number was 3,909 projects in 188 countries. And this was just one portion of a comprehensive $906 million effort to care for those in need. You have on your tables the latest annual humanitarian report from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Almost 4,000 projects, 188 countries, uh, nearly a billion dollars in effort to care for those in need. And uh, I think that was a a moment, kind of an aha moment for many of the press that were gathered there at the National Press Club today to listen to Elder David A. Bednar. Uh, Elder Bednar went on to talk about the resources, not just for the poor and the needy, but also the resources that are committed to educate the young people of the church. We give significant attention, energy, and resources to educating our youth. All secular and spiritual education fall under the umbrella of our church educational system and nearly one million student learners are enrolled. We have 60,000 instructors across four university and college campuses and a global online presence in over 180 countries. That is a uh, staggering educational system. Uh, He also spoke specifically about BYU Pathway, 
a platform, of course, that has been built to educate people all around the world. As a church, we believe that education can lift people both spiritually and temporally. And we have developed BYU Pathway to ensure our people have access to affordable, high-quality education everywhere in the world. Elder Bednar ended his formal address speaking about how the faith gives spiritual responsibility to serve in homes and in communities, regardless of where that might be. To be clear, we do not believe our works save us. Far from it. Only the grace of Jesus Christ can enable us to overcome the many negative influences of the world in which we live. But our faith does actuate the spiritual responsibility to work, bless, and serve. We do not seek blessings for ourselves. Rather, the blessings we receive enable us to serve other people more efficaciously. I have highlighted many aspects of our humanitarian outreach efforts around the world. Please remember, however, that we are not primarily a humanitarian organization. We are the Church of Jesus Christ, reestablished or restored upon the earth in the latter days in preparation for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As he concluded the speech, he then uh, took a series of questions. Uh, The questions were offered by Jen Judson, the president of the National Press Club. And we're going to stay with the questions. Jen Judson, the president of the National Press Club, along with Elder David A. Bednar of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ, where he talked about uh, the temple, he talked about culture and politics, he talked about his own business background and how it applied to his role in the church, uh, and much more. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. We're staying with the question just a little bit longer today. Again, an extraordinary event in our nation's capital, not with a politician and the press, uh, but with an apostle and the press. Uh, Elder David A. Bednar of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints became the first leader of the church in 22 years to go before the National Press Club. He gave a formal address on a wide array of topics and then had a question and answer session Uh, which was uh, facilitated by Jen Judson, who's the president of the National Press Club. And I want to dig into some of these because there were some really interesting insight uh, shared by Elder Bednar. Uh, He started with a question uh, from Jen Judson about uh, the Washington, D.C. Temple and those who have visited it, uh, many in the press, uh, many dignitaries have gone through. And uh, Judson asked Elder Bednar what it was that he hoped people would take away from their temple experience. Uh, I think what we would hope people would learn about is the nature of that spiritual journey that I tried to describe. Uh, It's a worship space. It's a sacred space, but it's also an instructional space. So you have all of those purposes being combined, and it's a place where we go to meditate, to pray, to ponder, to seek heavenly influence and guidance in our lives. Judson then asked if the church would have more influence on U.S. culture and politics, uh, noting some examples uh, of the Catholic Church and Protestant denominations, if it maintained uh, the openness that has been demonstrated during the course of the open house at the Washington, D.C. Temple. I think the answer is yes. 
That's why we've invited everyone to come. That's it probably seems unusual because the temple has been in operation. But that's customary. Anytime in the renovation, the updating of the interiors of the temple, it's decommissioned, then rededicated, and we always has, have these kinds of open houses. The conversation then shifted to uh, something often touted by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and reported that it has always been one of the fastest-growing religions in America. Also looking at how those numbers have been changing, increasing, and, and uh, waning from year to year, different uh, Pew Research survey numbers. And so uh, Elder Bednar was asked by Jen Judson uh, about the numbers. What do they mean? Where are the worries? And what does he see coming next? I would just highlight one feature and talk about the very complicated nature of what we're discussing. If you take a look at the church in the aggregate, it is growing, which in the climate that we find today is rather newsworthy in and of itself. Secondly, if you take, for example, the western area of the United States, we have had a huge outmigration of members from that part of the, of the country. We've also had a huge migration from Mexico and Central America. I have no idea what the real numbers are. So we have numbers, and I believe the numbers, but there's some uncertainty in the numbers. So I guess what I'm suggesting is, at the aggregate, I have confidence in the growth. If you want to break it down state by state, that is a rapidly moving target. (coughs) And I just am not in a position to comment because I'm not sure what's really happening. So obviously the fact that we have a much more mobile society makes that uh, much more difficult to get to those numbers. Uh, But as Elder Bednar said, it's the overall growth, the aggregate. Uh, so Judson asked Elder Bednar uh, where in the world the church was growing and uh, specifically looking at uh, places like Africa. Uh, Africa has been influenced in many parts of the continent through early Christian missionaries. When you go to uh, visit with a congregation there and you recite a verse from the Bible, everyone in the congregation without looking at a text can recite it with you. There's a very strong Christian tradition. So the message of the restoration of the primitive church strikes a resonant chord with these people. They come, they see our our congregations, they participate, and they desire to join. So there's very rapid growth. In the United States, the growth is not nearly as rapid as it is in Africa. And my observation is that over the history of the church, in different parts of the world, there are different (coughs) seasons of growth. In the early days, in the 1830s, 1840s, mass migration of saints coming from Europe to the United States. We don't have as many converts in Europe today as we did then. So there's an ebb and flow in seasons in the growth all over the world. Jen Judson, the president of the National Press Club, then asked a really interesting question. This was a fascinating one for me. She asked Elder Bednar and made the point that many church leaders, including Elder Bednar, have background in business. And she asked about what the advantages of having so much business acumen at the church church's highest level uh, would be and how that can be challenging and how it can be beneficial. Uh, and I think this was a really interesting perspective from Elder Bednar in his answer. Of course, his background is in business and in academics, uh, teaching business, uh, of course, being a university president. Uh, his response was fascinating to me. Take a listen. 
I have tried really hard not to let my academic training influence what I do as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in the Book of Mormon, there's a verse that says, When they are learned, they think they are wise, and hearken not unto the counsel of God. So I do not take my academic background and experience and impose that on the church. I let the doctrine of Christ influence how I see things. I think that was a significant statement, that it wasn't uh, his background that that he brings to the church. Uh, It is his discipleship is where it starts. And these other things may have influenced him before, but that's not who he is now. Uh, He talked about the ancient apostles walking away from their nets. That's what they were. Then they became something different and the journey began. And I think it's a really interesting thing. It's it's very easy to look at organizations, uh, church organizations in particular, and say, oh, they have this background, so they do this, or this person grew up in this area, so they do this. And really reflecting back on what President Nelson told the young people of the church uh, just a few weeks ago uh, in terms of identity and what identity do you put first? Is it your business credentials? Is it your academic credentials? Uh, Is it some other label or identity from society that we're putting on? And so I thought that was a unique perspective, and I'm sure it was for all of the press that were gathered there at the National Press Club uh, to hear that it, it wasn't about his background being imposed on the church it was letting that doctrine influence how he sees things first. I thought that was very significant. Uh, Ms. Judson also went on to ask Elder Bednar to speak a little bit about work on the federal level uh, when it comes to LGBTQ rights uh, and balancing that with religious freedom. We talked about how what we did in Utah in 2015 was a model, that that's been extended in Arizona. That's also been taking place in Georgia. So that learning, the things that we've experienced in those and things that we've learned are setting the stage to try to take that forward to the federal level. Another area that I thought was most fascinating was Elder Bednar was asked uh, about the focus of the church on using the proper name of the church rather than nicknames of the church. Again, this was a room filled of uh, press people at the National Press Club. Uh, His response was really interesting. I think that President Russell M. Nelson will be known forever as a man of remarkable courage to say we will no longer use a nickname pejoratively attached to our church by our enemies anymore. And we're inviting other people to call us what we are called, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That was a really interesting exchange uh, over the name of the church and the proper name of the church and using that. And, of course, many in the press uh, had criticized the church or or really kind of scoffed at the notion that the church really could change its focus and be focused on the full name of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as opposed to LDS or Mormon or some of those uh, nicknames that Elder Bednar referenced. Uh, and, of course, the undertaking was enormous just in terms of number of email addresses, website addresses, pages, uh, all of the documents and so on. But more importantly, it was a, it was an internal challenge, I think, as much as it was uh, an issue to the press uh, or to the public. I think it really was internal. And I think Elder Bednar was absolutely right in saying that President Nelson will be known as a man of courage uh, for getting that part right and challenging the press and the public and the people inside the church to get the name right. 
So, again, very fascinating uh, conversation there at the National Press Club with Apostle David A. Bednar, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, Really interesting insight, unique perspective, uh, important. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.